0: afternoon or evening, Nerdy Axe, wherever you are in the world. Welcome back to another rebellious episode of the Nerdy Ax podcast. I'm your host, Damian. I'm here in the virtual studio with Prophet Alpha. How's it going, sir?
1: Hey, Nerdy Axe. It's been a while. How long has it been, Damien? About maybe a month and a half, oh, I Oh, yeah.
0: About a month and a half. Yeah. I think,
1: I think me and you got together about a month ago after Doctor Strange. And yes. It was just going to be me and you, and we decided that Doctor Strange wasn't worth a whole commentary
0: by itself. Yeah. I, f- I mean, I feel like the Marvel movies, We well, we said it at the time... The Marvel movies are kind of like, okay, you expect a good movie, you see a good movie, and then you leave and you wait for the next good movie. It's like it doesn't really, it doesn't need a whole lot of conversation. Yeah. So, yeah, I decided uh, to kind of skip that one. But uh,
1: what brought us here today, of course, is, now, I'm going to concede a lot of this knowledge and stuff to you because you are the Star Wars <laughs> expert Uh, guru you know all things star wars i'm just a spectator but do you want me to go first and give me and give my assessment of what i thought of rogue one or do you want to go first and then let me chime in
0: uh you know i'm really curious to hear okay so as you said we're talking about rogue one um and then just so the fans know of course like every episode spoilers 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 we don't believe in that here we're going to be talking about the movie in its entirety so if you don't want spoilers pause this come back to us or actually just turn it off because it'll be a long time just turn it off come back to us when you're done because there's going to be many spoilers um so yeah but i'm actually curious uh because of your reaction the reaction that you posted on your Facebook, I'm actually really interested to hear your take on it as somebody that's not been a huge Star Wars fan. Um, So why don't you go ahead and kick it off?
1: Okay. So Rogue One for me, right? I went into this uh, movie with the expectation, thinking that it was going to be a fairly good movie just based on the footage I've seen Mm -hmm. and the actor's that are attached to the film. Normally anything with Forrest Whitaker in it is gonna be pretty good. Mm. One, right? Uh Diego Luna always does pretty good.
0: Yeah. Roles. He was yep.
1: Michael Mattson,
0: uh what what is it? Is it not uh, Michael Madsen. Mads Mads Mickelson.
1: Mads Mickelson, yes. Always good roles, right? So, all right. Rogue one is what it's it's technically it's three and a half. Yes. Episode three and a half, right? Yes. It takes place after Revenge of the
0: Sith, but before a new hope. Before a new hope. I mean, like... Directly. I'm talking like ten minutes before uh, a new hope, it seems like. Almost. Right. So, I'm going to tell you, Star Wars
1: Rogue One did more for me, for Star Wars, than anything I've ever seen or read about Star Wars. It was so in-depth. It covered so much information with good plot development, good character development, good setting development. I personally believe, right, that if Rogue One were the very first Star Wars film that had ever been made, Star Wars... Not only would it be bigger than what it is right now, but we would probably be living in that type of fucking future. It was that impactful for me
0: wow. because
1: uh, okay. it, it literally was it, it was a ground battle, a space battle, a psychological battle, mm. a family drama, a tragedy. All, I mean, and it, it was all well played and, and mixed together. I mean, um, uh, what was her name? Uh, the one that was uh, the, the female f- played by Felicity Hoffman? Uh, what was Jen Urso. Jen Urso, right. She was very good in her role. Mm-hmm. I mean, she played her part well uh, just because of her attachment to her father who was. The, basically the creator of the Death Star.
0: Yes, like the chief uh, scientist. They, they never the really chief. defined why he was so important. Yeah, um, but like, I was
1: assuming that he had to have been
0: like... Something about the design or something. I, I think yeah. maybe they throw away, it's like he knew something about the crystals or something like that that nobody else knew or something. But yeah, it was kind of hazy. But but whatever his role was, yeah. And, and, and why he's so important is because...
1: If you watch episode uh, four, A New Hope, and you see them destroy the Death Star, you're like, how the hell were they able to figure out that just that one little spot would destroy the Death Star? And it really didn't take that much pressure. Well, I mean, you got to see Rogue One, and he explains it in the hologram that, hey, you could hit it with a hammer. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, he designed that entire structure to be freaking dismantled with just a simple blow to the main nuclear reactor.
0: Which yeah. a- and he even comments on it in the film. It's they didn't because another big criticism of A New Hope is it's like oh well you had to get this bomb from the surface like all the way down. No, they could have actually if they had just infiltrated the Death Star or something. Like mm-hmm. a black like one blast from a blaster could have set it up yeah you know? exactly um, um, so i like that they tied up that loose end
1: but but for me like it was like it was like insurgents like okay it was so almost real world right like for instance like when uh Whitaker's Whitaker's band of insurgents uh they were stealing the crystals correct
0: yeah from the, the convoy Kyler crystals yeah
1: That just kind of reminds me of, like, ISIS. You know what I mean? Like, Mm. I don't know. I I mean, if you you compare it with real worlds, you know, you got these band of rebels that are attacking this established, you know, new power, trying to get this energy. And even though they're successful in their attempt, they end up losing the battle because they destroy their whole city with a simple blast right from the death star and the sheer level of destruction that they showed of the death star was so awesome like how you saw the wave coming at you well destruction
0: okay I want to linger here for a second because this is something that I thought the movie did really well that Mm. it actually surpassed the force awakens on and this is why i was so adamant that this is a better movie than the force awakens it it sure is so in the force awakens they blow up like six planets all at one time yeah they never showed us like who lives on those planets they never they never made us care about the people who live on those worlds yeah and like i had no connection to those planets they weren't even from any of the other movies so it wasn't like they blew up like Tatooine or something, and you're like, oh, no way, they blew up Tatooine. It was just yeah. some planets that we'd never heard of, and yeah, it's a lot of people, but we don't have that emotional connection. In this film, there was less destruction overall, right? They only yeah. blow up like two cities. They, they fire the Death Star test twice. Yeah, In those two cities, you got more emotional impact than in blowing up a whole planet, because you're like, oh, that's the place that they were literally just fighting for and trying to save and trying to make sure that this rebellion got off the ground and they got the crystals and it just wiped it all out. So there was so much more emotional. And then just watching that wave coming at you. Man, (laughs) it was,
1: I mean, just the whole aspect of what it took, the amount of players that it took for them to just... It seemed like everybody played a part in order for that thing to be pulled off the way that it did. Mm. I mean, you had the two the two strays, the one blind. Uh, what was the blind guy's name?
0: Uh, uh, Donnie Yen is the actor's name, but I think his name was Master Imway. Master Mway and then
1: his sidekick, or it wasn't even a sidekick, but it's just like his buddy. His formidable partner with the uh, with the machine gun. He was just taking people out. Oh, like.
0: that guy was awesome. And he was
1: awesome. Both of them together were awesome. Oh, but KSO, what is it? KSO? K2SO. K2SO. K2SO stole the show.
0: Hey, oh, my goodness. Alan Tudyk <cartoon noise> as K2SO. So, the I would best
1: agree. droid
0: performing um-
1: out of all of them.
0: The other thing I liked was that, and this is actually relates to K2SO. I liked that they kind of went back to that traditional Star Wars thing of like when somebody pops on the screen for the first time, there's a little line or like a little throwaway, something that kind of explains who they are. Like the first time we meet Han Solo, somebody says, oh yeah, he's the best pilot in the galaxy or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we know, oh, that's Han Solo, best pilot in the galaxy. Where the first time we meet K2SO, he's, th- like gives that throwaway line. And he's like, Oh, that's, he's a reprogrammed Imperial droid. He says, whatever comes into his mind. And it's like, boom. Okay. We know his character now. So the whole rest yeah. of the movie, we don't have to like figure out what his motivations are. And all this other kind of stuff. I'm like, that's to me, that's very star Wars. just yeah. Give you that little introduction and boom. Okay. I got that character. Well, now let's kind of
1: like for me, like he was almost like a regular person. Like even when he, uh, first came up on a, uh, uh, also, he he grabbed her by the neck and slammed her on the ground like he could have killed her. like seriously.
0: Congratulations, you've been rescued.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that was and awesome. then like it was just like when he when he found out she had a gun and uh, uh Diego Luna let her keep the gun. He was like,
0: well,
1: you know the probability of her using that against us, right? You know what I mean? Like right? it was like he was so perfectly played, uh. But uh, before I let you go into it, uh, what really made this so impactful was that it was a complete and total tragic movie. Mm.
0: Mm -mm -mm. Yes. Yes. And I actually, I think that was the other part that pushed it over The Force Awakens for me. Now, both of these movies require Episode Four to exist. So when like so the only the only point I would disagree with you on is that I feel like this movie is not as self-contained as people think it is because you're not the only person that said that. When I was at work today, we were talking about everyone's like, "Oh yeah, it's a standalone story." I was like, "No, because no. if if Star Wars Episode Four had never existed, you would have no idea what's going on in this movie." Like you don't know why yeah. the Death Star is important. You don't know who Darth Vader is. You don't know why the, the relationship between Darth Vader and all these other Imperials. Oh, yeah. Like there's none of that. It it requires Episode four, five, and six to be in to be in the can before this movie can make sense. So as a as a pure prequel, it doesn't really work. Yeah. But, but having said that, I think that Episode seven. And this movie tried to do the same thing, right? They tried to build on that Star Wars legacy and push the story forward. And in Mm -hmm. that respect, this movie succeeded way more than The Force Awakens. Way more than The Force Awakens. Ten times more than The Force Awakens. Because literally, watching this movie made me want to watch
1: the entire series again. It does. Force Awakens
0: did not. It casts the original film in an entirely new light. And you have new information to take into that movie yep, that changes the story. It enhances the original story rather than takes away from it.
1: It sure did so, uh, because
0: yeah. Force
1: Awakens, it, it did not give me the desire to want to go back and watch all of the other ones in concession that lead up to Force Awakens. Mm. This one literally made me want to go right into A New Hope, right into Empire Strikes Back, right into uh, uh, Return of the Jedi and then go into episode because to I watched episode 1 2 and 3 yesterday mm. and no despite the criticism dude to me they play well after watching them over again interesting they all play well maybe maybe the phantom menace is a little bit dry but attack of the clones and revenge of the sith sith they those two movies play extremely well hmm. After Maybe I have to go
0: back time. and watch them with a less critical eye, because uh, the only, so episode three for me is not, it, it's not as bad as people say that it is. But episode one and two, man, I it's they're hard to watch sometimes. They're just so cartoony compared to four, five, what? And six. You don't like clones? I, I I like. There's parts of it that I like. I love the the battles, like the the big epic battle scenes. I think those okay. are excellently yeah. done the lightsaber battles are excellently done i like some of the planets they came up with like camino and stuff like that they're very inventive but it's like one of those things where it's like the parts uh, th- that phrase where the sum is greater than the parts yeah. it does not happen it's just a bunch of parts that are kind of cool and don't really work together um but well, I, I think like-
1: revenge of the sith plays very well i mean it, to me it's action it's that's an action packed tragedy too
0: yes I mean, of, of the prequels, even though
1: you might the you you could be very critical of uh, Hayden Christensen's acting or whatever. <laughs> to or, me, I think he played that role pretty well.
0: Or apparently, the force doesn't work unless you've got the high ground. That's. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Darth yeah. Vader was created because he didn't have the high ground. Yeah. Um, but that's a whole other review. Um, yeah. Oh and I will say this while well, before we move back to Rogue One the only good thing that come out of the prequels is the Clone Wars animated series. That yeah. is a must see if if any of you guys listening out there haven't seen the Clone Wars uh that or um Star Wars Rebels those are excellent television. But um, I'll let
1: you give I'll, I'll let you give what you think and then I'm going to find out tell you the one thing that kind of like I was like, they kind of played themselves a little bit. It was kind of like a, a jump the shark moment, Uh-oh. but I'll let you go.
0: Okay, because, yeah, I'm curious. All right. Um, well, I thought, obviously, overall, I thought this was one of the most exciting Star Wars experiences. And the reason I say experiences is because I'm including the video games. I'm including the supplemental materials, the novels, the extended universe stuff. This blows all of that away. Yeah. This is probably one of the best Star Wars stories that you will see, hands down. Other than maybe, I want to say, other than maybe episode four itself, because that's obviously the one that started it all. And then uh, uh-huh. um, uh, Empire Strikes Back, obviously, that's the best Star Wars film still so far. Uh, I loved the characters. I loved that they managed to take this ensemble cast that should have been a mess, right? There was just so many characters. It should have been this crazy mess where we don't have any idea what's going on. Every second of this movie, I knew what was going on. I knew why it was happening, and I knew what everyone's motivations were, and they all made sense for this world. I knew what, uh, so Mads Mikkelsen, right? Galen Urso. I knew his motivations, and and they made him, they made a guy that could have been literally, I mean, what, he had like two scenes in the whole movie. And he was so compelling and sympathetic and and complicated and he had all these different feelings going on and and you could feel all of that in that one scene with him and Jin, where he's a hologram and he's Uh looking right at her kind of through the hologram and she's just soaking it all in because she hasn't seen her dad in years and at the same time she's trying to learn all this stuff about the Death Star which she's never heard of before and and there's this battle going on outside and like I, I don't know, I just feel like... It's a rare case where a film with so many layers... I mean, this film had like six, seven different layers all operating at once. Uh-huh. And it was trying to be a Star Wars movie on top of all that. And it succeeded masterfully at all of them. Um, and then also, it didn't forget, which I think a lot of Star Wars things do, it didn't forget the wars part of Star Wars. It, like, yeah, the no, Star no, 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 Oh, yeah. No, I no. mean, the war, it felt real. It felt like there were stakes. It felt like there was strategy going on. It felt like it, it didn't feel scripted, which I think a lot of Star Wars stuff feels very scripted a lot of times, where this one felt like anything could happen. I didn't know who was going to win. It, we got to see the Rebels actually have a lot more firepower than we thought they did, but then the, yeah. then the Empire brings in like the freaking massive Death Stars and stuff, and they're, they're fighting on the ground and in the air and on the... I mean,
1: it was just all encompassing battles i mean they were everywhere
0: and I this mean, is one of the few times even the
1: even the the fights in space were were way more like impactful than oh man it was just they ridiculous. seemed
0: way less cartoony and like dude people were getting taken out <laughs> what about the
1: animation of uh that they used for the for the admiral
0: Oh, uh, for Grand Moff Tarkin, yeah.
1: Yes, and um, was that animation that they used for Princess Leia?
0: Yes, yes. I
1: heard there was an actress.
0: No, it, it was an actress that looked very much like her, but they did CGI uh, Princess Leia's young face onto her. Um, okay. So her and um, uh, uh Grand Moff Tarkin were both CGI. Uh, they, it looked like they did a much better job with Leia. Than with Grand Moff Tarkin, but after like the first scene, so the first scene he shows up and you're like, Oh, what? Uh, yeah, that's I, really good. Yeah, I, well, no, I, I had that kind of Tron moment where you're like, Oh, he doesn't look like everybody else in the scene. I can definitely tell that's CGI, but then yeah. once he starts talking, you, he, you lose it like you lose all of that and you're back in the story 100%. Because yeah. who they exactly. I, I don't know if they got the same actor to do his voice. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure Peter Cushing. Passed away. I'd have to double yeah, check on did. that. But whoever did his voice, man, he got the freaking that snide, like kind of arrogant tone. Like he got it perfect. Uh, so yes. that pulls you right back into the story. But I, you you definitely notice right away that there's. It, it, he did you get enough Vader? No, I wanted one more good scene. I want. Okay, one more was good the scene.
1: was the planet where Vader was on this one the same planet where? Obi-Wan defeated him in that.
0: That is the rumor. The rumor is that that planet was Mustafar. Um, a lot of people are saying that they didn't say it. And it's actually weird because it's the only planet that when you go to it for the first time, it doesn't show you the name. Like, you know, all the other planets, they had that title card that would say, like, yeah. you know, uh, Jeddah or whatever. Yeah. That one didn't have the name. But everyone that's seen the movie so far is saying that that was Mustafar.
1: So it was the same planet where Obi-Wan cut his legs off? Yes. Yeah. Okay.
0: All right. That's All right. the rumor. That's the rumor. We'll see if they confirm it. Because I, I think, I really think Disney is trying to distance themselves from the prequels as much as they can, while still honoring the fact that they paved the way for for what they're doing. So it wouldn't surprise me if they, if that's, they kind of snuck The prequels
1: such as what? Lucas's films? Yeah.
0: Episode one, two, and three. Why? Because so they're not episode one two and three are not very popular. We just uh, let's first just of all Jimmy
1: that. Smiths was a direct tie in. Yes, right.
0: Jimmy Smiths was. Uh, but you'll notice they never named him. They never said who he was. He just sort of showed up as a kind of Easter egg. They never they never said Senator Organa or whatever. And then even when he um, when he's leaving, uh, doesn't talk about Obi Wan by name. Doesn't talk like he. They sort. Of, I feel like they just sort of put that in there. I want to say that Disney's feeling is they respect the original prequels, but they understand that they're not very popular. Uh,
1: I don't see how they're not popular. They made more money at the time when they came out than any other film at that
0: time. Opinions changed. They they definitely got rid of the midi chlorians. They got rid of. They never talk about Qui Gon Jinn. Never mention Darth Maul. Like, like, all of that stuff. It's almost like it didn't happen. <laughs> Um, in, in terms so of Qui-Gon Jinn doesn't exist anymore, he does, but they have never mentioned him. They don't talk about him in the Clone Wars, they don't talk Be, about because him definitely, Wars. definitely
1: at the end of Revenge of the Sith, they uh, uh, Yoda informs uh, Obi-Wan that you can uh, that Qui-Gon knows how to communicate,
0: can, yeah, right. Well, I'm talking about in all the material since then, like you would think in Clone Wars, the which is like prequel material. They would talk about it, but they don't talk about anything. That they don't talk about the cloning. They don't talk about the the midi chlorians. They don't talk about Qui Gon. I think Darth Maul comes back, but they like kind of hand wave it away. Okay. Uh, why that? I mean, that's just that's obviously wild speculation on my part. But I just feel like because the prequels have turned into like this kind of toxic thing. If you acknowledge that they were in any way good, all of a sudden you lose the fans. And Disney's mm-hmm. just trying to make that money, you know. You, you know what I'm saying? Um, so I don't, I don't know. But that's uh, the thing that informs that opinion is that the two things that they pulled from the prequels they didn't name outright. That's my, uh-huh. that's my thinking. So yeah, but I but I going back to your original point, I definitely think it was Mustafar for sure. Yeah, it's really weird that he would like when you think about it psychologically that like Darth Vader go- has his main base on the planet where <laughs> he was almost yeah. killed by his former master and all this emotional turmoil is there. And uh, ew, that's like, man, that's a whole other podcast. Just delving into the psychology of that. Yeah, I know. Um, so. Um, yeah. I mean, my, if I had to give it a number rating, going back to the review, easy, easy, easy not even uh not even hesitation 10 out of 10. yeah 10 out of 10.
1: and i'm going to tell you right now are you ready for it
0: okay yeah yeah yeah
1: so at the end right when darth when darth vader uh has boarded the ship and there the guy is chasing he has a disc in in his hand right yes and he's running and 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 vader is just just mowing people down right And the guy gets to that door that's partially open, right? Yeah. Why didn't he just hand off the disc to anybody that ran by? Why wait to the very last minute? He could have been like, hey, take this disc. Take it right away as soon as he got to the door. Because he was at that door for at least a good two or three minutes while Vader... And his hand was like could have just easily just passed that shit on.
0: Well, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna up I'm gonna do it one better here. Why wouldn't Darth Vader, instead yes. of like taking the long slow like Freddy Krueger yes, or, or Jason everybody. route, yeah, just push everyone aside with the force and pull that thing out of his hand with the force, and then be like, exactly. bitches.
1: <laughs> that part right there was the only part I was like, oh, they fucked that up. Bitch. Yeah
0: but i i i heard and i feel like now that the movie's out we're probably going to hear some more about this i heard there was a ton of reshoots like they reshot a ton of material
1: yeah i heard they did too yeah because and then people were panicking cuz they, the rumor was that it wasn't that good
0: yeah which yeah. Uh, but i mean be, it seems like the stuff that they reshot cuz i don't know if you noticed but like there were a ton of lines in the trailer that weren't in the film and I did not mind at all. Like that whole uh, where she's like, well, this is a rebellion, right? I rebel. I was like, oh, yeah, that
1: wasn't even in the movie.
0: Good. That was terrible. I was like, oh, God, really? Like that's the dialogue. That's clunky. And then there was like another line where she where he's like, um, I don't remember that the, uh, Senator Organa says something. And I just kind of cringed at that, too. I was like, oh, God, we're going back to like prequel dialogue. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I thought the dialogue in this, even like when they started giving the speeches, those little monologues that they did, they all seemed very natural. It all seemed like it kind of stemmed from something. It wasn't like Independence Mm -hmm. Day, like, oh, I have to give a speech now, so I'm going to say something very important, and you all have to listen. No, it was like, it seemed like it was very natural. Like, people just got kind of worked up and started talking, and it wasn't perfect, and they kind of stumbled through it. But whatever it was they reshot, I'd be so curious to see what parts were reshooting and what parts weren't. I feel like yeah. the reshoots made the film better. I, if if the stuff that was in the trailer was the stuff they cut out, then I'm glad they reshot because that definitely was good stuff.
1: What did you think of Forrest Whitaker's role?
0: They, I feel like I wanted more of him. Yeah, that was such an interesting character. Uh, I and I he, I, he wasn't on screen a lot, but uh, I mean, they
1: didn't really explore their relationship because. You know he was the one who rescued her for yeah. it, you know, after that incident with her father
0: and it it seemed like there i mean there was almost just based on those throwaway lines it seemed like there was almost a whole other movie yeah. where she was talking about like all the adventures they went on and she's like you left exactly. me behind and this and that and somebody was looking for her and that, i was like oh man I, I wish they had enough time to sneak some of that in there because that sounded really cool mm-hmm. um but then, too, that also hinted that they developed way more backstory for all of these characters than they were able to show on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess there's a novel that came out called Catalyst or something. I, I want to say it's called Catalyst that is the time between the opening scene with her and her dad and the time that she's in the um, in the Imperial lockup thing and they rescue her. Oh. Uh. So that might explain a little bit more of it. So I'm going to try and pick that up and maybe give that a little one off review as well. Cool. But yeah. Yeah, man.
1: I'd have to say I'm I'm, I'm overall like completely satisfied with the Star Wars mythos. Because I was telling you, dude, I I was very critical of Force Awakens, dude. Mm. I was very critical of how drab that movie was. I was very critical of. How Ky- Kylo Ren did not fit the bill of the main villain uh, for me, and it, it, and the difference between Rogue One and that is that there were multiple main villains in Rogue One that had bad intentions. You know,
0: that's that's what I wanted to ask. How did you feel about Director Krennic as yeah. a as the core villain of the, yeah. of the movie?
1: Yeah, he was he was. Uh, it was it was still him it was, he was the slave driver behind the whole deal and he still didn't get any credit for it and he ended up getting <laughs> you know blown up
0: <laughs> right i feel like he I, I don't know i feel like he was and that's another aspect where it was so believable because that seems like something that would happen in a big bureaucracy like that. They were yeah. like, Oh wait, this guy that was causing problems and was very vocal, just died." Okay. Let's just sweep that under the rug. Exactly. <laughs> you know? yeah. And then all of a sudden, grandma Tarkin just sweeps in and, and takes control.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah. But I, I, it's just such a mess. I mean, we could talk about it for hours and hours. I, I could spend longer talking about the movie than the movie's runtime. Cause it was just that yeah. good. And that rich, uh, and exciting, like Tracy and I were looking at each other throughout the whole film, just giddy. Um, especially that scene where they disable the star destroyer, and that hammerhead comes in and starts pushing it towards the oh, other one. And I was like, goodness. I was yeah. like, oh shit! I know exactly what's gonna happen, and. Every second they make you wait was worth it because when it smashes into that shield, you're like, Oh, yeah, it was that was that was really
1: nice, man. Uh, The fight, the, the space scenes were all epic, dude. Everything, every fight scene in every scenario was epic, yes. Uh, when they first used the Death Star to destroy that one city, and you were just seeing that doom just approach you and then how they had to escape in their in their in their in their ship it 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 was just fantastic the i mean the sheer level of destruction that they captured in this one was kind of like what you said like in the force awakens where you know they killed they destroyed six planets but they didn't explain anything about those planets well at least on this one we had a little bit of a personal you know look at that beautiful artwork where you know that resistance place it looked like mm. it almost looked like a little picture of obi-wan like some of the statues yeah
0: yeah like a jedi some of the, statue. the
1: artwork the, the jedi statues like i was like wow that's crazy and then they just wiped it off the face of the earth, <clears throat> like nothing like yeah those guys man they're like that's how they rule man they'll, they'll just wipe off your whole planet
0: well and and it also showed a little bit well because there's that uh there's this fan theory that like the empire was actually good and they were trying to bring peace to the galaxy and this and that, this film definitely puts the nail in that freaking coffin. Cause the empire was like, Nope, we're going to turn the death star on our own facility, our own dudes, just so the plans don't get out so we can keep this massive super weapon. Yeah. I was like that. Anybody that had that fan theory, that theory is over. The empire is definitely out for destruction. Uh, yeah. I mean, although I don't know how you could think that when they blew up a freaking planet, but still like the fact that they were willing to. And I mean, in a heartbeat, as soon as it looked like they were losing, they're like, nope, blow it up. (laughs) Um, Oh, and that brings up another thing. The the scene, there was just so many little unexpected twists and turns like the um, the scene where they're trying to jump to hyperspace and you think, oh, shit, they got the plans. They're getting away. They're going to win. And Darth Vader's Star Destroyer like uh, warps in. Yeah. And that ship smashes against it, and they just block their retreat. I was like, wait, what? That can happen? I didn't even know that yeah. could happen. So, man, there's just so many little twists and unexpected turns, and, and it just, it's such a well-done film. Gareth Edwards, um, uh, I, what was the other movies he did? I think it was like um, he did some war movies or something like that. Um, I can't remember what his films were before this. I want to say it was like Godzilla or something, some big monster movie or maybe uh-huh. uh, Cloverfield or something like that. Um, but he said that he took a lot of inspiration from war movies and it shows man. Cause like uh-huh. every scene is important. Something happens where you're just like, ah, oh, that's definitely going to cause some problems in the future. Yep. Yeah. Good, good movie. 10 of 10 easily.
1: I, I agree with you I, I don't think there's gonna be anything that's gonna well
0: I don't know this movie passenger
1: looks like it's gonna be pretty good um I don't think it's gonna be rogue one good but it looks like a pretty good sci-fi movie
0: i I mean I almost wanna I know in a in a in a week or two we're gonna be doing the season finale episode. and we're gonna kind of rate what our top three films are rogue yeah. one. Coming in at the end of the year here, that might—I I, mean—I have to do some strong it's reviewing. It's not going to right.
1: beat Civil War, I don't think. I don't think. Uh,
0: it, I don't know. I gotta watch Civil War again. I actually got the Steelcase edition, so I'm gonna watch it again. I'm gonna see Rogue One again next weekend. After I do that, I'm gonna come straight home, watch Civil War, and we'll see. I think Rogue One might have edged it out for me. I think it might. Oh have. man,
1: really? Yeah.
0: I mean, it was good. I love civil war. I think I defended it when we were talking about it, but it had some problems and I oh, want to go back and rewatch it and see if those problems are. Man. Yeah. If I'm remembering them as being more important than they were. So I don't know. We'll see.
1: All right, man. Well, this was a good episode
0: for sure. Good movie. Good episode. Um, we will be back again, like I said, uh, in a week or two. We're going to be doing our season finale for this season. We're going to be talking about the whole year, all the movies we saw, all the cool comic book stuff that happened, what we think about next year. So it's going to be a big, long episode with all of your hosts. We'll all be in the studio here recording for you. Um, but for this episode, I guess that's it. Yeah, that's Boom. it, guys. Thank you yeah. for listening. It was a quick half an hour. Jesus. That's so much more. No, that was longer. That was like forty. Was it? That's oh man, they went by quick. Well, anyways, thank you guys, Nerdy X, out there for listening. We love you guys, and we will see you on the next Nerdy X podcast.
1: Peace out, Nerdy X.